Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Get Well Soon podcast series. Today, I have an amazing woman who's been steadily changing the world for nearly three decades with her words and assisting some of the brightest minds in the self-help and new thought movement to get their work out into the world. She possesses this brilliant combination of intelligence, deep insight, quick wit, and cheer that I think is very hard to come by. Please welcome Stephanie Gunning. Thanks, Meg. That was a beautiful <laughs> intro. I really appreciate it. I I, I love that um, you acknowledge my sense of humor <laughs> above all yeah. else. <laughs> I, you know. Humor heals. Humor is one of the most healing forces on earth. Um, and just to say a little more about your background, I want to just talk about um, you are the co-founder of Lincoln Square Books. You've collaborated with some of the leading minds in New Thought and experts in in our world today, um, and your clients have included New York Times and national best-selling authors. And during your 28 career in the publishing, 28-year career rather in the publishing industry, as an author, an editor, a consultant, and a book packager, you have mastered the art of transforming powerful ideas into highly marketable books and businesses. You're a really big, valuable resource to people who, of all walks of life, who want to make books, who want to read books. <laughs> I mean, it's just your your career is very impressive, and I'm really excited to have you. One thing I am very committed to, Meg, and I know you're going to appreciate this. When I look at the world today, you could look at it with really a lot of gloom and doom and get quite upset very easily, or you could look at this incredible human resource. We have enough brain power in one New York City block where I live to fuel a transformation of healing on this planet that would be astonishing. That, and that is true everywhere. People just need to take it upon themselves to really honor the value that's in them, I think. Yes. And, that's beautiful. And that's what I and that's what I'm doing with the books that I work on. I'm helping to people to bring out of themselves their own value. Oh my God, that's just so beautifully put. And uh, just just the thought of the brain power that we have available to us, and it, it makes me think of that the the truth is that we all have the ability to choose how we see the world, and that's a really powerful understanding when you get that and then you wield that power and you start to look at the world as a beautiful place, everything changes. You know, it's funny that an analogy that I always like to use for that sense of, you know, the purpose of self-mastery is self-mastery, <laughs> you know, is, is when, when somebody teaches you how to meditate, right? So some mm -hmm. people will go, oh, I can't meditate. Oh, it's too boring. It hurts my head. My head is too noisy, whatever. They're, yeah. they're like waiting for a teacher to meditate for them. And it's the one thing that's impossible to do, right? What goes on in your own head, you're in charge of that. 
and yeah. and those ideas and how you perceive the world and how you know literally you know there's so much information coming at us all the time through our senses our eyes our ears you know the skin everything that um the brain has this like natural filtering mechanism right and so yep. it only lets through what we tell it is important enough to let through and so you have to decide that it's important to you to let in you know ideas that lift you up so i hope that people are filtering this conversation in right now cuz i'm talking to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, I mean, we all have met people along the way that look at the world through the lens of um, complaining constantly or negativity or what, what the worst things are that are going on. And yeah, those things are still going on. <laughs> They're going to still happen. Um, but it's what you focus on that you get more of. So it's refocusing your attention. And so I'm so excited to have you here. I mean, just this conversation is just starting out rich as our conversations always do. I love talking to you. Um, so. <laughs> Likewise, right back at you. <laughs> I want to get to the meat of uh, what we want to talk about today. Because um, my, my aim through this podcast series is to give listeners actionable steps that they can take to begin or continue healing their chronic illnesses with work like what you're doing in the world. Um, and so... Uh, the thing that you have been working a lot on since you've done a lot of your own transformational work and have assisted some of the brightest minds in the world, I'm, I'm going to just throw out a name, Greg Braden, you're, you've edited his books mm -hmm. um, and uh, powerful work that, that's, that has helped to change people's thinking. So anyway, so you've been in this world for a long time and done a lot of your own personal growth. And now you're helping and have always helped people with transforming their lives as well. So the thing that you're working on these days is transformational writing. Can you tell us what transformational writing is? So, so first of all, I want to like reassure listeners that you don't have to write a book to experience the power of transformational writing. Um, mm. In fact, you don't even have to do a lot of writing to experience the power of transformational writing. It can be very, very simple. Um, when I think of transformation, I it, so um, I don't know where I first heard this, but mm -hmm. I somebody once said to me, "Change is like moving the deck chairs on the Titanic." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one but before. transformation would be. You're no longer on the Titanic. Now you're on an airplane, right? Ah, it's a being airlifted right out of that. Yeah, that you're. Situation. It's yeah. it's a complete. It's a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. It never goes back to being a caterpillar. It's not like a caterpillar on the weekends and a butterfly during the week. It's always <laughs> a butterfly, right? That's a transformation. Right. So once, so once certain types of growth happen inside us, um, a thing changes shape. And it can be, um, you know, I come by this honestly. I have to also say that I've had some trauma in my life and it's uh, trauma is turned into something beautiful when it has a meaning, right? Mm -hmm. And that is where I mostly explore um, the power of transformational writing. You can pretty much apply the techniques that I'm playing around with to um, any situation, positive, negative, goal setting, whatever. So, 
you know, we can talk about all of that, but, you know, where I've been, you know, uh, exploring it for myself is um, taking things that are upsetting and finding enough meaning that I can turn them into something beautiful in my life. Awesome. That's beautiful. And that's for anyone listening. If you have an illness or you have had a trauma and um, I've had my share of both things. <laughs> and as you shared, you've had yours um, that you can turn it around and it's up to you. So this is what you're saying, though, is that you're the um, uh, transformational writing is a way that you've developed from your own experience to help people turn their 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 sadness, their fear, their whatever's stopping them around. And, and to, um, there's a part of us that, that is entirely, um, untouched by anything that happens physically around us. And, Mm. um, well, it's, you know, I always get so emotional when I think about this, Mm -hmm. it's eternal. Like when, when you, um, think about who you were as a child, Uh you know, when you were just, just on a happy day as a kid playing in your element, mm-hmm. run, you know, like I always think back to um, summers when I was with my dog and, you mm-hmm. know, or swimming or climbing a tree or, you know, just very free mm-hmm. and happy and the sun is shining, <laughs> you know, <and laughs> I, or I'm swinging and I just want to go higher. I just want to go higher and higher and, uh, you know, feeling like the pulse of life in my body. That mm-hmm. is like, you know, even though that's a physical memory the spirit of who I was still lives in me. That's still accessible to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, so when I wake up and I'm in a bad mood or, you know, I have a, you know, my back aches after I've been in front of the computer too long or whatever, I'm a little out of touch with that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can, I can bog down in, you know, the noise around me or, you know, whatever is happening, you know, a street, something in the street or, or a person who I think was rude to me or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, uh, but I, but to get back to that um, inner spirit and, and find out, you know, if you can access that, there's a lot of life force in it. That's very healing. You know, this is a really important point. I'm so glad you brought it up. Um, is that I think that a lot of people that are, that are spinning in their illnesses, and I, may, I know this is true, uh, having worked with a lot of people and, and myself, is that we tend to focus on the story of the illness and how it got there or on the traumas. And, you know, we'll repeat it in our own minds over and over again. And this is a beautiful technique <laughs> that you're suggesting here is refocusing your attention on those free and happy moments of being a child because we all had them. Um, they, they seem to get overshadowed by the uh, the dampness, the dankness, <laughs> the fear and the sadness of the awful things that happened to us. And I know that this is part of what leads to illness. So um, would you say that writing can help us come to terms with an illness? Yeah, there is um, very good, valid research um, that shows that if you can um, 
And I would say handwrite, although I do a lot of typing, you know, I could type my, I'm just, my computer is like an extension of my body at this point. But if you, if you, if you take a pen and, and you're literally using your motor skill of your hand to type, I mean, not to type, to, um, to write on a piece of paper, you're at, you're actually activating part of your neural pathways in your brain and your body. And, and um, it just does something like writing is a very particular thing. So mm-hmm. what I actually find, so there's evidence, science, they've researched it, um, uh-huh. that if you um, write about an issue that's disturbing you, whatever it is, something you're jammed up about emotionally or that just recycles like over and over and it never seems to change, right? Yeah. Um Four days in a row for 15 to 20 minutes without censoring yourself, um, write about it, explore it from different angles, don't worry about grammar, nobody's going to read it, you're not even going to read it later. (laughs) There's absolutely no value to, I mean, okay, some people would then come to me and go, I want to turn it into a book, but you know, like don't, don't, like don't, like just write Mm -hmm. to express yourself, to get Mm -hmm. it out, to look at it. There's something about processing it in a in a uh, mentally linear manner, which is like to write, you have to go from idea to idea to idea. It kind of fleshes it out. It helps the brain to process it. It takes it out of the emotional centers and puts it into some, you know, memory storage unit that you've got going on up there, you know, and people experience considerable relief from that. You don't have to do it for very many days. You just have to, you know, sit down and, and let yourself have a little bit of time for that. Um, okay. Four days, so, four days in a row for 15 minutes, you know? Okay. So four days in a row for 15 to 20 minutes. That's great. That's an actionable step that listeners can take today. Um, and then what do you do with it afterwards? What comes next? Well, so the interesting thing is, so when I first, you know, I used to do a lot of journaling, you know, what, Mm. you know, as a teenage girl, what can I say? So the, you know, I love, you know, part of the research also shows that any act of expression can do this. So if writing is not your thing, Mm -hmm. tell somebody, sing it dance it, whatever, as long Mm -hmm. as it's dedicated to moving through that issue. Um, There's something about words. Okay. It, it, it really is the words they've, they've discovered that there's a, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this correctly. They believe it's called Wernicke's center in the brain. It's a very Uh small little area of the brain, sort of in the middle of the two hemispheres, I believe it's, um, words, Mm -hmm. words and, and people who compose music also, there's something about music writing. Okay. It's, it's, so it's a symbolic center, right? And because words are just symbols, right? So this is part, this is part of the technique that I use actually. So what I, what I'll do when I have a transformational writing workshop is I'll have a small group of people come together and Mm -hmm. we'll first, we'll try to get ourselves into an emotionally, uh, open, safe, neutral state, right? Okay. And then, uh, and what I'll ask people to do is to write down um, some memories of, and to take whatever comes up when they ask the question, right? Because your, subcon- right. your subconscious <laughs> mind is going to give you what you need today, right? Tomorrow, exactly. tomorrow, your answer will be different. 
Um, Exactly. Yes. So just to go to some memories, like bring up some memories of times that you felt most like yourself when you were peaceful, happy, centered, powerful, open, learning, whatever it is that makes you feel authentically you, your best self, not, mm-hmm. not, you know, your, not you on a bad day, you on a good day. <laughs> right, exactly. And, um, and then to find, like, to, to write a little bit about them, just to write a short description of the scene, let's say, and get, you know, get, you know, a handful of these, and then see if there's anything that they have in common, right? Like, okay. um, for me, when I'm moving my body, I often feel most like myself. I'm very kinesthetic. Um when I'm having conversations with people like this, I'm actually feel most like myself. Yes. Um, like that too. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. um, and when I'm laughing, you know, um, okay. and, and, um, so putting, then you, the trick is to find the word to describe mm-hmm. that quality of your being, your authentic oh. being. Okay. So you're saying narrow this down to one word. Yes. So this is a game. Remember, this is kind of a game we're playing. It's not there. You don't get uh, points. There's no, uh, you know, the principal doesn't have a file on you. The warden, the warden's (laughs) not going to throw you in solitary confinement if you get this wrong. Right. And and you can throw this away later if you, if you don't like the result. Right. (laughs) Burn it. The Hudson river or whatever. (laughs) This is a no consequence activity. There's a great upside, but no downside. (laughs) So, um, you, so what you're trying to do is to just find a word that accurately encompasses it. It's going to be a word that's unique to you. So, so for instance, I really like the word fierce, Ah, right? Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. It's like, it's a little, yeah. Wild animal fear, you know, like not, not, I don't like the word aggressive. Right. So I wouldn't say I'm most like myself when I'm aggressive. I would say when I'm now, another person might prefer the word passionate that might actually describe something for them. I like Uh the word connection. That's another word that, you know, so this type of conversation for me, it's like also the word open. That's yes. a, that's one that really, I think that, um, you know, when I, I start getting kind of like calm and centered when I think of my words, right? It's like. So what you're saying, though, is to find a word that has the most charge for you. Like you might find six words, but one in particular is going to just really be like, okay, that's the word. Yeah. That- and you feel it. It like lands in a groove in your, in the center of your being. When you, when you have your word. And then you, and then you kind of go, oh, wow, that's what I want to embody. Okay, great. All right. So this, so it is, this word can become like the anchor of your being, right? Okay. So when you're out of your center and you're having, like in the future, you can come back to this, like, this is a word that you're going to wake up and you're going to go, 
All day today, I want to embody that word. Okay, today I'm going, today I am fierce. Yeah, today, <laughs> like I am writing a book. I am going to write a book that I care fiercely about. I am going to, mm, you know, okay. or, or honest, maybe that's the word or what, you know, or, but usually okay. the, usually the words have something to do with, they're very basic. Okay. It's it, what people usually will come to ultimately is love, mm, mm-hmm. peace. Yes. Connection, you know, um, happiness. Really, it's it's very interesting how we all have the same like quality of our ultimate being. Let's say. <laughs> yeah, yep. and this is what I yeah. I would refer to in in my practice as soul qualities, mm-hmm. um, and finding those parts of the self where you feel the juice of the soul, and then you're constantly. Uh, increasing that juice by fueling it with the love or the the excitement that you have for that particular quality, and so that sounds like that's what you're you're asking people to do is to build a particular quality that is really personally deeply connected. Yes, it's the big nights that inner that deep deep part of the self. And when you and when you feel it down to the core of your being which you can do by accessing memory, you can actually project it forward, right? So that's the other part of the transformational writing that I do with people is I have them write about the future. Okay, great. And imagine themselves Mm -hmm. like five years from now, like if they made that quality, that essence, part of their everyday Wow. Mm-hmm. Where are they going to be five years from now? Right. What is their life going to look like? It's going to be different. That? It's going to be different. I got to tell you. Yeah. And, and once you have that future, uh, let's call it a future memory, it's, you know, it's a projection, it's a f- but it's a future memory because you can holographically experience it mm-hmm. when you write about it. You kind of go and you can go into this like whole other dimension of reality that is palpable, you know, because I'm talking about things you feel in your body, you know? Right. And this is exactly, you know, what we hear athletes talking about when they see themselves winning the race before they actually do it. Um, Yes. You know, it's, it's visual, it's creative visualization, like Shakti Gwain, her book. Yes. um, Goes in depth about this and, and um, envisioning what you desire to create because we are creative beings. You know? <laughs> yes. And and it's almost if you can get, you know, most people will discover that one word doesn't create the whole life that they want, right? We're not that simple. Okay, yes. <laughs> but the great yeah. thing about this kind of transformational writing is that when you go into this uh you know, this timeline, let's say, then you can literally say, Wow, you know, if I also balance that out with, you know, if I balanced my fierceness with, you know, connection, mm-hmm. you know, ooh, what would it look like then? Or like, you know, because I've, I've done this in workshops and people have gone and had these describe these amazing things. And if I say to them, what else, what it's miss? Is there anything missing? And they'll mm-hmm. say, oh, my God, I'm alone. I don't have a partner with me or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, wow. Well, how would that have come about? Well, and they, and the funny thing is like, they're so wise, they know the answer, right? 
Right. And it's funny. Yeah. We all do know the answers are all inside of us. And it sounds like this particular technique that you're working with people on helps them find those answers um, in a de- very deep place. Yes. And, and the writing is, is the, um, is a vehicle, right? Okay. All right. So you're right when you say it's like this and it's like Shakti Gawain. It's like, you know, it's like, um, Neville. Do you remember Neville Goddard's book? I don't know if I can't, he wrote several of them about a hundred years ago. This is something that human beings are wired for. Um, Mm -hmm. the funny thing is, you know, bits and pieces of this have come to me over a long period of time, right? Because I have watched people um, write their life stories for publication or uh-huh. sure. write a book because they had an experience that was painful. And when they found a solution, they wa- they beca- they really wanted to serve other people to help them so that they didn't have to go through the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. this is why people who, you know, celebrities or people with, you know, they have cancer and then they set up an anti, you know, a cancer research foundation or they, a child dies mm-hmm. or, you know, somebody like the, I want to say the Bra- the Brady bill, you know, Jim Brady, who was yes. the guy in, with President Reagan got shot, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. they take their pain and they transform it into something beautiful. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which is, I think that's the whole reason for pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, ultimately, and then it's up to us to choose to find the love that's on the other side of it. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Because, of course, a loss or a a restriction or a limitation is not what we want. Um, Mm -hmm. However, no matter what is going on with you, you you have value. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No matter what, no matter how hard the moment become that's right and and you can you can do something for another person Mm, and mm -hmm. and sometimes just being there is all you have to do just literally like if if I was um just sitting um I you're quite a while ago I studied Reiki and I used to do practice sessions with two friends once a week Mm -hmm. while we were learning over the course of like a year we must have done you know 50 sessions right and I remember one day she was she had something going on emotionally and I was I just sat with her and held her hand wow and I watched her and I was I mean I was giving her Reiki at the time but I but I was also just sitting with her and Mm -hmm. she was having an experience I could so much was going you could see the thoughts passing over her eye and then she cried and then she laughed and then she cried some more and then she calmed down. And at the end she was like, wow, you know, that was amazing. And I was, you know, and I was with her the whole time, but I didn't, I didn't do anything to her. I just was with her. Wow. Yes. Being witnessed, you know, yes. how important it is just to be witnessed and have somebody there by your side. You don't even have to go into the meat of the matter with them. That's beautiful. It's like, I'm just offering somebody a smile on the street. (laughs) It's just a very simple thing. And you don't know, you may have changed their whole day around. They may be having the worst day ever. And that one smile helped them feel like 
oh, there's somebody who has caring in them and they just gave it to me. And and you feel good when you give that kind of, when you can be for somebody something that they need, it, it mm-hmm. feels tremendous, you know. Uh, it's not selfish at all. I mean, you can't say, you know, that was for her, but it, but I, you know, here I am still sharing it with you 10 years later, 12 years later. <laughs> it's, so it's still meaningful to me. Yes. Yes, you know, absolutely. to know that I have that within me to give. Yes, absolutely. So in a lot of your technique, it sounds like it's about finding that thing within you, narrowing it down to a specific quality, and then having that quality be a driving force to move you forward in your transformation. Yeah, because, you know, we, we um, I think that we f- really feel pain, emotional pain, I mean, and and perhaps physical pain as well because it translates to the body. Um, yeah. When we're yes. in resistance to life, whatever is mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. in life, uh, sometimes I'm in resistance to my own thoughts. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that causes me, you know, and then and then I'll try to pin it on somebody else, right? Like, right. <laughs> you know, I yeah. I was talking to a younger friend of mine who's having a, her first serious relationship and can't decide whether to stay in it or get out of it. And she keeps trying to get him to make the decision. And, and oh, I, um, and I recognize that because I think, you know, it's like, it's like when somebody says, where do you want to have lunch? Would you like to have, you know, pizza or Chinese? And you go, well, you really like Chinese, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> instead of just saying what you want you know like right I, exactly. you know so so some so part of this is about really you know getting honest with yourself like mm-hmm. if I'm if you're you know in the in the process of writing about it you can find your hidden motivations for things you know it's like ah can you say a little bit more about that yeah about hidden motivations and the power that they might have over you Right. So what comes to mind immediately is like one of my biggest health challenges right now, um, I'll put it in that context, is that to be a writer and a book editor, I have to sit in a chair a lot. And so my hamstrings are very tight because I've been doing this for a lot of years. And my neck, you know, my shoulders and neck get tight and and I have pain from that. Mm -hmm. And I even have a little bit of foot pain in my left foot. I have a little plantar fasciitis that flares up from time to time. And, you know, so sometimes I just shut down all contact with my body so I can get through the day, right? Mm -hmm. And I've known this is an issue for a long, long time, right? And I'm an Uh extremely intelligent woman, right? Yes. And I'm making the choice to continue harming my body to write Mm -hmm. in the way Uh that I have been doing. (laughs) I have not altered my lifestyle to solve this problem. So I I am more motivated, you know, to sit in the chair and to stay stuck in my problem than I am motivated to live healthy. And I have not allowed myself to express my my to let my body express itself to me sufficiently to change my behavior right and and that is and and so so some of it is fear Mm -hmm. 
some of it is frustration and anxiety. Some, you know, like there's a lot going on there under the surface that yep. is inconvenient for me to stop my day and focus on. Mm-hmm. Of course. And this is, I, I think this is really key because this is how a lot of people's illnesses develop. The symptoms start coming in, they start nudging at you, and you're just like, okay, whatever, you know, and then they get louder and louder and louder and louder until finally you have to do something. And I I think one of the things that comes up as you're talking about this is the balance Mm. that we have to learn to strike between the physical, the emotional, the mental, the the exercising and taking care of the body, stretching out the hamstrings, you know, taking the time to do these things. I, I know I sometimes get the same way where I, I get so into what I'm doing and communicating um, my passion in the world <laughs> that I get bogged down in the same kind of thing. And I have to remind myself that I have to get out there and take a walk. And I always feel so much better after I make the choice to do something different that supports the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual part of myself. Do you do you find you do you do something similar to that? Yeah. So. I have to remind myself. That's the first thing. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> there, there's, and, and so, you know, I'm a little, like, even though I'm, like, very woo-woo and spiritual, I'm also a science geek, right? So yes, you are. I'm just yeah. going to say it again. There's real evidence and scientific research now that shows that when people take time to relax – and and this means not listening to music while you're walking, just walking. Yes, just walking. Listen to the world around you, the birds chirping, the wind through the yeah, just rustling through the wheat yeah, leaves, not, the sounds of the city, whatever. Yeah, you know, lie in a restorative yoga posture, but don't watch TV at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that funny? We're always distracting. We're always distracting ourselves from what's inside yes <laughs> you know you don't have to multitask your life you know <laughs> exactly. some so having some unstructured time is a, is actually quite creative and restorative so so the body wants to go to homeostasis your body wants to return to balance and health your yeah. your mind wants to return to balance and health. Your emotions want to return to balance and health. There is actually like that is your true nature, and yeah. the principle of chi or the chakras or the energy that needs to flow through you. You know when when there's a blockage, you get a problem, right? And Absolutely. so so walking and using the body is is a it is your creative tool to know if there's something that needs to pay you need to pay attention to you know exactly. and you can only feel that if you let yourself inhabit the present moment with your body and your and and breathing is great so so with mm-hmm. the so the interesting thing you know with writing is that they've discovered when people are very so pe- when people are depressed they don't write well even though there's some you know, old stereotype about, you know, alcoholic, depressed authors. The reason those people, (laughs) the reason those people are alcoholics is because uh, writers do actually tend to be kind of moody. And so we tend to self-medicate. So what Mm -hmm. I'm, so what I'm suggesting it to people is, and and also if you get too like manic and, you know, (laughs) you know, which, and I can do both very easily. Right. So you need to be in your body in the present moment, 
the way to quote unquote self-medicate is to breathe, mm, to feel into the uh -huh. reality of the present moment in your body, whatever it is, to find your peace in that moment, whether that's through meditation or expressing yourself through writing uh, or Honestly, the, you know, the other thing I sometimes have people do is um, compliment each other. If, ah, if great sit, exercise. Yeah, if you sit and look somebody in the eyes. And Ugh. so here's the key to this working. You got mm -hmm. one person has to be totally silent. They can't keep going. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> you have to trying, trying to deflect the energy. You right? have to <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, yeah, and yeah. you can thank them at the end, but literally if one person just gives genuine compliments to another for five minutes and it's hard, but you have mm -hmm. to, you're, you're not allowed to give the compliment until it's real. And, and yeah. I've seen strangers do this and you can, there's an endless number of things you can think of to say, believe it or not, you can see everything about a person when you look at them. Absolutely. Look into their eyes, the windows to the soul. They've got all the information behind them. Exactly. Yeah. I've done an exercise similar to this. It's unbelievably powerful. You get to know that person in just those five minutes in a way that you don't get to know some people that you've known for 20 years. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> you can do this looking in your own eyes and in the mirror and any, you know, any of these ways of getting centered and then try some of the expressive writing. All of this, you know, really can get you to inhabit your mm -hmm. life in a way where you feel alive and clear and you know what's the right next thing to do. Yes. And beautifully put. Yeah. And, and that I think leads us to feeling more energized. And, and when we have that life force available to us, Mm -hmm. We naturally heal. We come back into, you know, and, you know, I can't, you know, you're not, mm -hmm. if you've lost a, le a limb, it's not going to regrow. <laughs> right, you're not right. a squid or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're a human being. So there are certain yeah, exactly. realities about being human, but <laughs> at least I, but, I've never heard of that happening. Have you? <laughs> no, not yet. But Maybe sometime in the future. I am open. <laughs> really open. I know. It's like I don't want to limit anybody <laughs> from having an exactly. experience. Exactly. The miracles all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so go ahead. Yeah. So what the, what the hell does that have to do with writing? <laughs> oh, well, this is all good because we're talking about writing and healing and using writing as a tool for healing. And um, and really, it, it comes down to going within. Mm -hmm. As as every healing method I have ever come across comes down to going within, listening to what's going on internally, and shifting that, shifting the perception that you have about your everything. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just and it heals the entire system. Right. So that so the writing is a tool. That, you know, there's one there's one more little thing that people can play around with, and and this is a technique mm -hmm. that I think is. I, I use it when I'm writing books sometime and I'm stuck on what to say next. Okay. Um, you take a piece of paper and you divide, like draw a line between the right and the left side. And on the right hand side, you're going to take, you're going to take notes, right? So you kind mm -hmm. of have to watch your thinking while you're thinking and write, take, like capture it, right? 
So on the left side, you're going to write the same question five different times in five different handwritings. Oh, interesting. So this question, though, is it something that you ha- a question you have about your life? Or, or it could be whatever you want it to be. This is a way of getting an answer in writing. It's like a, it's like a little. Uh, so every handwriting has a different personality, and therefore it has different. It's access to different information. Okay. And interesting. So, so like you could do one in cursive. You could do yeah, one in so, walk, so, walk letters. So first or... you write with your dominant hand the way you normally do. And you so let so let's say it's uh, what would be what would be a great question like um, where should I where should I move you know where should I live what's the ideal place for me to live so you okay. and then you just you just watch your thoughts and you capture them as they go well you know you like Santa Fe and Albuquerque and da 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 you but you really yeah. like the ocean and da da you know whatever and then right. let's say you write with your left hand the next time and okay. then you know again you capture you know so so at the end of that you'll be amazed at what kind of insights you have wonderful okay so let me get this straight though you're you're writing the question on the left side of the page in five different Handwritings. Yes. So one at a time, right? So first you write the question and then you write the answers. And then when the answers uh, stop coming, you write again the question. What, what, switch hands or one is script and one is, you know, not script. One is capital, all capital letters. Um, I don't know, write, write backwards. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like just do it several times in different handwritings. <laughs> Okay, and so you're writing your questions on the left and then your answers on the right? Is that how it Yes, and you're going to run out of space on the right. You're going to need more than one page. It's going to go, you know, for a while. The answers can become really long, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm one of these people. I'm always like, how can I make $100,000 in two days, you know? (laughs) You know? And it's like, oh, no. But you'd be surprised. You get so many answers. It's ridiculous. That's really interesting. What a great tool for transformation. This conversation has been awesome, and I know uh, we have had some epic conversations in the past. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could talk forever is what I'm trying to say. Yep. Um, you have a retreat coming up in October. Can you tell listeners about that? Sure. So this is something that I literally just decided to do this morning. Um, I have a very good friend who is a uh, publishing consultant, editor, and writing coach like me, um, Ellen Daly. She's on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. And we decided that we're going to do a five-day retreat together um, in early October. Um, and people will have to apply to come. It's going to be for people who seriously want to dive into writing a book. And oh. we're just going to, we're going to, you know, walk people through, you know, it doesn't, you might have started it. You might, you know, just be a little, um, if people are, if people might be interested in having a, uh, a serious five day depth experience writing with two experts, um, mm-hmm. you could, you can write to me at Steph. My website is stephaniegunning.com. You can sign up for my newsletter. Information will be coming out or email me there. Yeah, and just Stephanie Gunning. It's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-G-U-N-N-I-N-G.com. And uh, I'll have that information, of course, up on the site. But if somebody's just listening to this and not looking at you know, I want them to have all the info. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is great. I mean, I'm just thinking about the brain power 
of the two of you in the same room with anybody who wants to transform. I mean, I've worked with you um, a number of years ago on a, a book proposal, and you're unbelievable. <laughs> Like just the amount of information and understanding and your insights. So I just really have to, to put that out there for people to understand yeah, I think that what, what they're going to get. Yeah, retreating to really like separate from your normal daily routine and, and seriously concentrate on one writing goal for five days um, with support and, you know, uh, in a, in a beautiful space with beautiful meals provided and all that kind of stuff. And, and so we, like I said, we just, so the, probably the first one will be on the East coast and that will okay. be in October. Mm -hmm. Great. That's a good time to go to the East coast. Yes. <laughs> beautiful. Great. Okay. So what are some, what are the best avenues for people to get in touch with you? Well, my, so my regular company is called Lincoln Square Books, and there is a website there, lincolnsquarebooks.com, and, and I'm, uh, I've been beginning a blog there. And um, my business partner is a man named Peter Ruby, who has a background as a literary agent in the same way that I have my uh, publishing consultancy. It is uh, Lincoln Square Books is a like a book packaging company, and we work. We mm. provide um, supported self-publishing services for entrepreneurs and uh, businesses that want to promote their brands. So, um, in that particular model, the author is the publisher, and you know you retain the rights, you control the income and the decisions. Um, okay. So, we, you know, over there, if somebody is you know interested in having some support to self-publish, the best place to reach me is on the Lincoln Square Books website. And if you go to forward slash consultation on that website, so lincolnsquarebooks.com forward slash consultation, you can request okay. a free, you know, conversation. I'll spend some time talking to you. Um, oh, wow. That yeah. is unbelievably valuable let me tell you <laughs> yeah and so, and so either take peter, her up on it yeah either peter or i would be happy to discuss somebody's idea with them and see you know what's viable mm -hmm. okay great great because you're really great at knowing what's marketable and and what direction people should take and you're good at getting to it immediately yeah so that's that's a very valuable offering um, so thank you so much for being on Get Well Soon podcast series today, Stephanie. I think you have left our listeners with so much meaty information to dive into <laughs> the next level of their healing. <laughs> well, it's, oh, it's a healing for me to be able to share that. And uh, it's such a pleasure to speak with you as always, Meg. And thank you. You're so welcome. That's Stephanie Gunning. It's stephaniegunning.com or lincolnsquarebooks.com. Find her both places. And remember that most chronic illnesses can be healed using the support of food for your biological system and the power of your own mind and heart to heal them. If you need help, please feel free to schedule a com complimentary chat with me at meghayworth.com to see if we might be a good fit for each other and to help you get well soon. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.